Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the House of Pod. My name is Kave Hoda. That's Dr. Kave Hoda. I'm trying to introduce myself as a doctor now so people know I'm a doctor. I don't know if that's important or not, but I was told to say it. So I'm saying it. Thank you for joining us on this fun little irreverent medical podcast. We talk about public health and the intersections of pop culture and politics and whatever we really want to. And today we want to talk about professional wrestling and wrestling in general now to join me i have two guests the the first guest uh listeners have heard before on our episode on serial killers dr solon mirza dr mirza how are you buddy oh dr hoda thank you for having me back on here i feel hey, very official call me copy you know. okay okay thank you thank you thank you yeah, yeah. as long as you call yourself dr hoda then it's okay. i call myself dr hoda all the time <laughs> Well, pleasure to be back. Uh, it's good to see you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I know it's very late where you are. I appreciate you uh, you powering through. Yeah, it's it's a little bit past midnight o'clock. You know, I come home after a long day at work, and then I was like, "What more do I want than like another one of one of these daughters of mine running around mm-hmm. and like you know crying about something?" And then you know, we'll jump on a pod at the same time. It's all good. Yeah, the me basically. I'm like one of your daughters yeah. crying about something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> joining us. To talk about wrestling, this is this is exciting. I'm gonna try and introduce our next guest in a uh, a manner that is becoming of her uh, stature and her position from Oakland, Iran. The founder and the high priestess of the Church of Wrestling, which is, by the way, a recognized uh, legitimate religion by the U.S. government, it is recognized the uh, Church of Wrestling. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. And the founder of Oakland's accidental phenomenon 
Hood Slam, which is a live action cosplay combat comedic tragedy that happens to take place in a wrestling ring. She is the master mold, the mother brain. Dark Sheik. I think it's just Dark Sheik. Not the Dark Sheik, but Dark Sheik. Dark Sheik, thank you for joining us. Yeah, that was amazing. You nailed it. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, Dark Sheik, if I... Dark Sheik is your persona, your stage name. Uh, how would you... Yeah. Okay. Uh, but your real name is Sam Khandrabadi. Did I say that correctly? Absolutely. You nailed it. You'll be the first one to have done it. I'm going to be the only interviewer that gets that right. Just so you know, it's going to get rough. I trust it's it's I been rough, but thank you for that. Cave <laughs> is hard for people. So I can only mm. imagine. Um, what's the, actually, before we go any further, what, what's the worst you've ever gotten? You know, um, there's a lot of people that have just done a terrible job of reading English letters put in front of them. <laughs> um, but the thing that I thought was the most, the one that stands out to me when you said it was that whenever I'd have a teacher, they would say Sam K. And I'd be like, it's, you can say it like you're the teacher. You need to be able to say my name or maybe you should just go sit down and I'll teach the class because I can say yeah. everyone's name. Like, if we'll, let's start with that. So really put every teacher on a bad foot with me just to start the day. It's, it's not as bad as like when they're like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to try that one. Right. The same, yeah. I'm not even going to try that. That's worse. Right. And they would say that I'm not even going to try that. That's too difficult for me yeah. to say. And they're like, what language is your notes written in? Cause mine are in <laughs> English and I, I read that fine. Yeah, so, it's not like the name was written in like Arabic or Farsi or something. No. It, uh, the words were English words. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh, a, I was born in Atlanta. It's a Southern name. I would like <laughs> due respect. Actually, I'm very happy that it's lost. I don't know. It's not like a real thing, but I think the many syllables point to uh, the grandness of me, the person used to name it. Yeah. yeah. Big, bold, beautiful name. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thank so you. we're going to talk about wrestling um, and we're going to talk about um a lot of different aspects of wrestling that intrigue me, but I have to confess something first. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, no, I voted for Trump. Oh, no. no, I'm just kidding. Um, I no. I was never into wrestling growing up. I feel like I missed out. I feel like I missed out. Like I, a lot of kids I knew at the time were really into wrestling, and a lot of guys I know now that I'm friends with that like. You know, we'll talk about it. They, you know, when this episode's coming up, for example, you know, a lot of people came out to to tell me like how much you know they loved it growing up. And for whatever reason, I never really connected. It's too late for me to to get it in that sense. Maybe Hood Slam. We'll talk about Hood Slam a little bit. I think I could mm -hmm. get into. But mm -hmm. tell me a little bit, and I actually want to hear both of your answers. I want to hear Sam. I want to hear your answer first. But tell me a little bit about what brought you, drew you to uh, wrestling in the first place. What was it? Um, I, the answer, I think the, the best way to put it is that it's just a form of storytelling like any other, if you like a song or you like a play or you like a TV show, you're liking usually a story and wrestling is just another canvas to tell a story on. Um, also I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle and when I couldn't, I said, well, wrestling is really physical. I'll do that. So putting those two things together, um, I, you know, I decided when I was like five or six and I'm still here today. I just was like, let's do that one decision for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's fantastic. You're, I mean, you are Persian. How did your parents mm -hmm. take it when you were like, 
uh, no, I'm not going to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. I'm going to be a professional wrestler. H- how did that go over? Oh, I lied to them. <laughs> <laughs> the best way. Yeah, I'm a very, I was a smart kid, unfortunately. And uh, unfortunately, still smart, it feels like sometimes. But not smart enough to get doctor in my, all those things you said to introduce me, not one of them was doctor. So no, you're you not know. missing out. You're not missing out. <laughs> um, did it, they eventually found out? I'm assuming. Yeah. Do they um, think you're a doctor now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish. Um, amazingly, I talked to my dad like with little, little effort to let me go to a pro wrestling school when I was like 14. I'd done martial arts from like 7 to 13. We had moved to California and I didn't find a new karate school to go to. I found a wrestling school to go to and somehow amazingly he agreed i i still don't know why but well he was right i mean you clearly have an aptitude for it i will post links um i'll be honest i haven't seen hood slam yet but my friends who go in the bay area absolutely rave about it and send me clips about it especially when i mentioned that you know we were going to have you on so much was the same for you what was it that and you're still a big fan i see you oh yeah about um professional wrestling a lot tell me a little bit about about your story yeah i think it was like you know a way for when we were younger as boys to kind of bond with our dads or uncles the other kind of like uncles in the community as well i think they brought us on to be like oh watch this stuff and then we saw again just like sam was saying the storytelling play out and you know as he, you know i grew up during the time of like hulk hogan and ultimate warrior and you know the iron cheeky baby you know, we're, we're sure we'll talk about Shiki Baby in a bit, RIP to him. Um, but like, you know, all those, the, that classic age, Andre the Giant. Um, so that was really what drew me in. You have the classic characters of like good and bad morality playing out over the time. And then, of course, it ends up in like, you know, like great movie fashion and the big fight at WrestleMania. We're going to have the blow off, and this is how we're going to settle our fight. And then, kind of like, you know, when the, when the curtain got pulled back and it was kind of like, you know, we're not going to use the F word, right? Not going to use the fake word. It's, you know, it was being deemed as scripted. It, it, my appreciation of it really changed to be like, oh my goodness, like this is all scripted and they're simulating violence and they're simulating these stories and it's acting. It's just a different form of yeah. acting and storytelling. And the athleticism is off the charts to be able to do these matches without hurting you know, without legitimately hurting your opponents, yeah. right? So that's right. what's really appealed to me. I've always been a sports guy. Yeah. Um, so that's something that's been a lifelong thing. The athleticism cannot be questioned about like a really great wrestling, great wrestling. And and I agree. I, I like the I like the fact that there is this operatic feel to it, like a soap opera, like there's a story there. Um, Sam, d- was that the same for you? When you found out, I'm assuming like a lot of kids, you found out at some point that it was scripted. Um, did that change things for you in a, in a good or a bad way? No, I don't know why, but I don't think I believed in anything as a kid. Like, I don't remember thinking Santa was real. I don't remember thinking <laughs> wrestling was real. I don't remember thinking it. I, th- I think I was raised to believe that if it's on television, it's not real. <laughs> I don't know. Where, like, I don't know why. It's just what I came away with. And... So it was just another show like any other show, except for this was kind of like the comic books I liked and the video games I liked brought to life. Um, 
and you know it was sometimes marketed right to me as that demographic and it was also live it was live and it was physical mm -hmm. and it was like if i really want to like talk it up i like to say oh it's a one take fight scene with call and response and emotion and story and it's done in the round and like you know there might be like some pyro and like some dancers too or like a band like you know it's really awesome and blood and we yeah. might bleed yeah like yeah. we really might bleed for somebody and that's you know, fucking, I know Tom, excuse me, I know Tom <laughs> jump out of an airplane, like, you know, barely not in orbit, but like, mm -hmm. he's not going to come to your town and bleed for you. So <laughs> there's something else to it that whether that's good or not, it's still very unique. That last part. Um, yeah. You don't really get that out of everything. That's dedication to your audience. It's dedication to your craft. Uh, I, I have a, it's a primal thing too, I think. I think it's a little bit of ritual that is like ingrained in people and we don't know how to how to express it because we don't really do those rituals anymore. But then we're like, you know what, we still do. Like here's wrestling and someone's gonna bleed in front of you, like, you know, for their call. I don't know. I'm still piecing it together. Yeah. I mean, it's it's why it's why like, you know, UFC has had this resurgence in the past, you know, decade or so. Because oh, yeah. there is like an executive like we're saying, you know, that, that primal aspect of it that needs to come out. We have like this internal bloodlust almost to see that stuff yeah. or be involved in that. So I think with wrestling too, it almost fits into like mythologies, whereas UFC, I'm almost like this is the Coliseum and we're watching the gladiators. Yeah. Like but same with boxing. It's not like UFC was the first to sell violence. Yeah. Right, right, of course. Well, let, let's let's take a look back at some of the characters growing up that we all grew up with. I mean, you have a very unique perspective on this. You're mm -hmm. a Persian trans woman who has created something pretty beautiful in the wrestling mm -hmm. world. But you grew up like me in a time when really there weren't a lot of Persian or Middle Eastern role models at all. No. Andre Agassi, but he hit it. You know, he would never, you know, and like, we knew uh, though, we'd always know. <laughs> I mean, it, but there was the Iron Sheik and, and, and he passed away recently. I feel like we have to discuss that because there was a lot of, I felt part of for me, what was hard about wrestling, why I, why I would turn it off and why I could not get into it was these sort of weird racist like tropes that I would see. And my feelings about the Iron Sheik are complicated and they've changed over time. Like when I was young, I hated him. I was like, fuck this. This is the guy that they're putting on TV to represent me. I got pissed as a young kid. I got really upset about it. And later, I'm like, it wasn't his fault. I mean, they didn't give him a lot of options. I get that. I understand he was trying to make it and entertain, and he was entertaining. And a lot of people knew that he wasn't a real heel in real life. And later, he became really well-loved and all that by everyone. But it was complicated for me. Was it hard for you growing up seeing that sort of stuff in in wrestling it took me a long time to realize that was supposed to be me like the first time i saw iron Sheik, i didn't even think about that like we were from the same place i you know that guy doesn't look like me or my mom or my dad or anyone i hang out with so it didn't occur to me until dude probably when i went to wrestling school and they said oh you speak farsi you have to be a sheik and then i was like oh no oh no <laughs> what, no no <laughs> oh that's what they were calling me oh no like all that started putting like all this the horrible names and st everything just started like piecing together um 
<laughs> but I remember like when I did know Sheik was Iranian because other Iranians would point it out to me eventually. Um, I don't know, but then he'd be Iraqi like for a year and then he'd be Iranian again. And it was, right, right. it was all very silly. He was such a cartoon character that it almost just didn't occur to me that that was supposed to represent me. And I don't think that was the intention when uh, Vince McMahon, you know, put a camel on his, on his speedo that he was supposed to be like, and the Iranians will love this. I think it was um, the Americans will hate this, but the guy was such a good performer and he was an amazing athlete. Like Khalid's like he's even like when he wrestles Hulk Hogan, he's like, I'm just going to throw you around for about two minutes in a way that not a lot of people did to him. Um, And he had that ridiculous mustache and the curly boots and he would pull out the Persian clubs and there was something charming about it anyway. So I liked him. And he was a world champion for like, you know, 22 days or something like for some insanely short amount of time. But that was a big deal. Not a lot of people were world champions. And honestly, there still hasn't been an Iranian champion since him. So you're a much more sophisticated person than me, I think. (laughs) I can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Soma, what about you? I mean, you you also, I'm sure, grew up being called the Sheik or something like that. I'm sure you, you got that as well growing up. Yeah, we got, I mean, to some extent, the Sheik was, we got it because I'm, you know, Pakistani descent. So a little bit later, we started getting like the great Kali um, mm. and then Jinder Mahal is like, again, a little bit more recent as well. But we didn't have like Punjabi, Pakistani, Indian wrestlers around that time. Sheik was like the closest thing we had to uh, somebody that we could ad- identify with. And again, like during that time, it was like was around like the Iraq war. Again, like, you know, there was with Sergeant Slaughter mm-hmm. was turned to become this, you know, um, Iraqi <laughs> sympathizer. Mm-hmm. And like Sheik was involved. So again, they, they, you know, WWF, WWE, like wrestling as a whole has always played into like these caricatures and really amping up like how can we get people to like hate the character there or boo yeah. the person there? Because like I think I've seen over and over again is that like you want to generate a reaction, like some even if it's an angry reaction or a negative reaction, that's what you want versus no reaction. Yeah. Right. And if, if yeah. you don't paint him as like, you know, Iron Sheik, if you don't play up that aspect of like, oh, he's a Persian and he's or Iranian, he's from the Middle East and he's an evil guy, then he's just a guy. And you don't, you know, for the audience, mm-hmm. you don't care as much. Right. You could but say you make him Olympian and like Savak agent yeah. and like, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. But yes, you're right. And patriotism yeah. was such a big thing. It's like Hogan was in a Rocky movie. Like, yeah, so of course he's fighting foreigners. Like, that's his whole, that's going to be his whole deal is uh, everything that Rocky did after, I guess, he fought Hulk Hogan. Sam, when, when you do Hood Slam, when, you, when you're writing scripts and you're, or I'm assuming you, you're, you're doing most of the writing, right, for, for Hood Slam? Yeah. I mean, yes, I am. Um, which is, I think, is a, I have a lot of questions about that. But like, when you are doing the writing now, like, um, how much of what you're writing is sort of like uh, a satire of what you grew up with or an homage to it? Like, how does it play into like the scripts you write now? When Hutzlam first began, it was like definitely just a bunch of nostalgia and references. And the idea was it would be like pop culture for the new fans that don't like wrestling and like some really deep cuts right there at the same time for the ones that really like wrestling. And they would be overlapped 
in a way that um you wouldn't like feel like you're missing out if you didn't care about one or the other there'd still be something for you um now we have such a new you know we've been doing it 13 years now so we kind of ran through all the nostalgia i thought was fun like eight years ago you know <laughs> there's only so much we could rip off and we had to start coming up with new ideas so there's a there's always been a eclectic group of characters not like just diverse or queer or um you know even different styles of fighting but we have like chupacabras and aliens and angels and demons and just all sorts of different you know, also just some normal people in there trying to get along too. You know, it's <laughs> it's a it's a fun group. Um, so the story is kind of you really just need to have good characters. Like, and like put a background to a story and be like, aliens come and they fight the aliens and someone wins. And like, who cares? But if the characters are good and have depth, then the story will be filled in. Right. And a lot of that is the performers themselves. They bring so much of that with them on their own. And Hood Slam allows a lot of freedom compared to like maybe a televised product which you know i think lets us get better reactions and yeah. more emotional reactions just more fun and we would call this pro wrestling we would call it independent yeah. wrestling yeah it's independent wrestling it's professional wrestling um you're absolutely right it, so when you're writing a script like this like how much of it is is it do you sometimes just give the basic like bullet points like okay I want you to be winning most of the time and then you do this special thing and you win at the end, or is it more than that? Or can it vary from, from like fight to fight? Um, sometimes I don't, I'll show up like, let's say the show's at nine. We'll have a meeting at like seven 45 and the doors are supposed to be open at eight and I'll point at people and I'll tell them who they're wrestling right then. And the commentators and music people are scrambling to write this down because I won't remember the order <laughs> and I'll tell them who's winning and there'll be like an underlying theme to the show or like some connecting threads that I knew I wanted to do, but I didn't know with who or how yet until right then. Uh, because, you know, pressure really, it makes diamonds. And when you're on the spot, you really, the inspiration to have good ideas comes quick. Um, other times I will, gosh, you know, I have a story in my head for like a year and I'll just kind of let it sit till it feels right. And you know, it can be very detailed, but as far as the moves of what people are doing, I don't need to tell them what to do with that. If I, you know, they're good wrestlers and I hire good people because they know what to do there already. Yeah. Um, I'll right. give them an emotion of the story that's happening um, or maybe be like, hey, this person needs to be injured later. So, yeah, kick him in the leg. But that's not like a month to month thing. That's like a. That you know what you said exactly could be right, and also all that long rambling I did is also right. It's it's never <laughs> the same thing with twenty to thirty characters and seven matches and like you know multiple shows a month. It's always a new thing. There's a a physicality to this performance that is really unique in in my mind to you know performance arts. Um, I played a lot of music for a long time and there's a physicality to that. There's a toll on your body from that, but this is on a different level. Like how do you guys prepare for it? How do you guys stay in shape? What, what do you guys do in that regards? I don't know what other people do. I feel pretty blessed. Like, I feel like I don't have to do all that much and like it goes great for me, but um, a lot of people will do 
working out multiple times a week and um, going maybe to some type of like cardio class or aerobics or maybe just something to make them more agile. Some of them do rock climbing, um, all kinds of neat stuff. Um, of course, actual wrestling training, not just going to the gym, like going to a school and practicing moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to eat right too, because the more you work out, the more calories you're burning. So you need to make up for that. And that usually means you have to spend more money. So like, I don't know how other people do this. Like it really is beyond me. They're very impressive. For me, it's very easy. I think when I was a kid, I did all that karate and then I started wrestling right after. And now, you know, just good shape forever without trying. No, oh, God bless you. Um, oh I know. Let's see how you feel in your 40s. All right. I'm closer than you might think. I'll check back in in a couple of years. <laughs> okay. I remember when I was a teenager and they said, wait till you hit 25, then your metabolism, kid. And I said, okay. And then they're like, well, wait till you're 30. And then, you know, they keep pushing this goalpost and I keep being good at wrestling. I don't know what to tell you. I have no doubt you'll stay good at wrestling. Um, what's what's the worst injury you've received from this or seen during this live? Um, the ones I've received, uh, my torn meniscus and MCL, they weren't full tears. They were level two tears, not like all the way, but kind of hanging on and also a cracked kneecap. Mm. Um, this happened a couple of times. I also... Cracked my ribs a couple of times. I never like broke a rib. Those are very painful though. Like there's not really, once it's cracked, you're just like, okay, it's cracked and it hurts, but you don't really do anything. Yeah. Um, but it just hurts to do anything. Like, and like if a sneeze comes on, it just is like the terror, this terror. I can't really, Yeah. Uh, it's the worst. Um, I've got more concussions than I want to talk about. And, you know, just wish me luck on that. And there's also been staples, barbed wire, glass, chairs, tables, doors, ladders. You know, uh, I think I cracked a tooth getting suplexed off the second tier in Atlanta at the Civic Center. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's really used to film WCW. And I was like, let's go. Let's go hard. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I survived it. I was like, wow, I am magic. But I think I cracked a tooth. so, so my psychiatrist, do you have any uh, concerns about these repeated concussions and any advice for Sam? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it's the one, you know, like I, I think we were messaging before, but like it's one of the reasons I got into doing like the sports psychiatry and like the addiction medicine because, you know, again, so many of these people that I grew up with, we would, you know, as we grew older, we'd hear about these terrible fates that they would have. Uh, was like you know the how they would kind of self how their recovery was like through painkillers and um, alcohol and cigarettes and yeah. etc and all that stuff and that was how they got through recovery and you know it's it's interesting now because like social media has really pulled back the layers on so many of, of everybody essentially and you see like all the modern you know the big name wrestlers again the kind of like Sam McHugh were saying they put their money into their recovery right so they're training nonstop and they have her full like you know chefs perhaps or like specialized meals so like the the sports science has obviously evolved a lot concussions you know they're a huge thing um we've seen like in football has gotten definitely a lot more of the attention with it 
but you know wrestling absolutely like you know the the unprotected chair shots to the head um those have been really skilled back a lot a yeah. lot of the moves a lot of the moves have been kind of banned or kind of really modified to really minimize um headshots or anything like that or bumps bumps to the head um you know so we don't see a lot and i remember like was it cody Rhodes a few years ago when he was like on AEW, um took that unprotected hair chair shot you know from what was it sean spears and he was busted open bleeding all over the place and, was, and everyone there's this huge uproar of like oh my god it's 2020 or 2021 whatever it was and like you're taking this unprotected chair shot what's wrong with you and all the stuff that's there so we see what yeah. the outcomes have been much much later on in life it's nice to see people taking it more seriously. When I began wrestling, we didn't know. And everyone was just taking chair shots to the head all the time. So there were schools that would teach you how to not put your hands up by hitting you in the head with a chair during oh, practice yeah. in front of no one. I didn't go to the school, but these are things yeah. that happen because if you put your hands up, you know, it doesn't look as good or you might hurt your hand. Um, and when a person got a concussion back then, look, if they got up again and they said, where am I? And Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. They could tell you, like, oh, I'm at a show. Or if they didn't, if they just pushed you away and said, I'm fine and kept wrestling, you would believe them because we didn't know yeah. you weren't supposed to stop them yet. We that you know, the Will Smith movie didn't come out. No one told us. And <laughs> we had to just kind of learn this like little by little. And now we know. And now, like, yes, I have a much slower accumulation of concussions. But before, no one was thinking about the long... We would say, oh, I was groggy for a couple months. Like, that was awful. I don't want to ever do that again. But nobody's oh, yeah, thinking, yeah, these are things that... Or, you know, you'd have conversations with people and they would be scary. And I'd be like, dude, are you messing with me? Why do you keep asking me the same question? Yeah. Um yeah, these are real, and I would see them all the time. And we just were like, oh, he was really, you know, we knew not to let each other fall asleep. That was it. And maybe we yeah. shouldn't let them drive home. Maybe get them some water. That would be nice. The water. That was about as much anyone knew, like, about this. So mm. it's scary to me, too. It's not something that I think, like, oh, wrestlers, we're tough. We get concussions. Like, hell no. And I heard how many concussions, like, NFL quarterbacks give up their million-dollar contracts for. I was like, oh God, like that wrestlers need to Yeah. We're we're way past six or seven or eight or you know, we're we're yeah. Um Well Sam, does know, that does that factor into your your like writing or your direction for your wrestlers? Is that 
something that you sometimes have to tell them like hey guys you know let's let's cool it with the uh the concussions or or is it something I, that you well, it's out of your hand we, it's no we just have it worked out we don't do that at Earth Slam. people aren't concussing each other we're doing things that are safe and the things that i have to talk people out of like i'm gonna jump off this balcony and i'm like why and I, they're not doing it head first so it's not about concussions but i'm like you you shouldn't and they're like yeah i really want to though and we have to have a back and forth and you know if we come back to the venue too many times eventually they win so <laughs> i let them jump off the balconies but um why um, why you, you know though it, you guys bring up the the history of professional wrestling is notable for the the deaths of young wrestlers uh you know yeah. my from my limited understanding it, you know from you know drug abuse probably a lot of painkillers and obviously steroids and the effects it's had on their hearts uh, are are those i definitely get the sense that these days like people aren't searching for that same hulk hogan big weird puffy big body there seems to be a lot more diversity in body shapes and sizes which i think is fantastic but is is there still is that still something that is a concern like the steroid use and the drug use is that something that is a concern in professional wrestling whether it's independent or uh televised sure yeah people are doing steroids people are doing drugs i don't know if they're doing them responsibly it's probably case by case um it's not the olympics you're allowed to do steroids like you know this is for show. I don't really care as long as you're manageable and not roid raging and like still safe. Uh, and, you know, I would recommend cycle off, but hey, you're allowed to do that. Um, and people are adults and sometimes doctors will just, I don't know. I don't want to say anything because I just realized I'm talking to doctors, but um, <laughs> sometimes people prescribe medicine that they don't know how to adequately, adequately handle it feels like, or I don't know where I should say they shouldn't have had this medicine or they didn't know what to do with it. But you do see people just with addictive personalities becoming addicted to things. So. Well, does I think it Sam, it's okay. To, I was going to say, Sam, it's okay. To, you know, I think we, Kave, Kave and I both know that there are docs who will do, who will write a prescription for whoever, for whatever, for however much ever needed. So. Right. Especially if, you know, if you're in WWE and or something and, you know, they have their own doctors. I don't know what gets through there. I like to think it's all on board, but I also know that, like, if someone can't make a tour, they'd be really upset. So maybe sometimes they push things through they shouldn't. But well, I mean, I'm sure that's maybe, true for you know. a lot of professional sports, if not all professional sports. And yeah. you, you certainly don't need to you know, couch any criticism of doctors with us. I mean, we're probably the first to criticize doctors, so you don't need to worry about that. But I mean, I, I guess it doesn't, I don't feel like we're hearing those same stories as much. I, I was sort of under the assumption that it was less because of that or more controlled or is being done in yeah. safe ways. Um, I mean, drugs are better too, so that's nice. But a lot of it is, I don't know, we're not, a whole generation of wrestlers passed away. Like you can pull up a show from the nineties and be like, half these guys are dead. Like, and they should be like, they, they're definitely should definitely should still be alive. Like if they were healthy adults, like, but now uh, people are being safer. People aren't trying to, you know, roid out of their brains. They're trying to be bigger, but they're not trying to be ultimate warrior. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the business also realized it was a bad look. So they are doing a better job of of keeping an eye on concussions and things like that or telling people, hey, you have to retire because yeah. we're not going to hire you to wrestle anymore because it could be a real – because of all kinds of reasons. could be yeah. a bad look. could be harmful to your body. You know, all kinds of motivations, I'm sure. So you're right, and then it is better. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see in another few years how this generation did. I think one of the – the big things was going to be like um, the the Chris Benoit situation, mm-hmm. how that mm-hmm. played out. Chris Benoit, you know, for those that may not be familiar, was um, a very skilled Canadian wrestler, um, a technical wizard. They called him the Rabbit Wolverine. Uh, classic matches like in WCW, WWE was like champion for a long time, multiple championship reigns. And, mm-hmm. you know, history of like concussions, history of like steroid use, and, you know, I think they said CTE later on, but like he went home and he killed his son and he killed his wife and hung himself. And it was a massive wake up call that like, this is kind of the end result of what happens to this lifestyle. Um, and when we're really doing all these things to our body, like it shows up in ways that obviously have very tragic, tragic ends. You know, part of why I, I bring this up is because I feel like, and, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when you have something like Hood Slam that you're putting together, which is like based on really entertaining people in a fun way and not focusing necessarily on the visuals of what a wrestler should look like, I feel like you would have less of those problems. If it's more about like creating a fun story with fun characters, it's less about creating someone like you said who looks like the ultimate warrior who just look ridiculous and look not healthy was so like big and beefy didn't look healthy i feel like that would almost be an advantage or a selling point for something like hood slam does that sound right yeah i think they were not you know dropping like flies is great that many of us have been on this show for a decade and some of us are better looking now than ever hey you know um not just me i'm talking about a few of the wrestlers on the roster they just keep getting in better shape um so yeah i think it's nice for people to see that i think people look i don't want to when people ask me like oh wrestling like oh i know that's really painful or that what's that like or blah 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 i tell them it's easy and it's fun because i don't want these people thinking i'm some kind of masochist like i don't want them thinking that i'm doing something that's intentionally painful it is painful and it's not easy for everyone but the idea isn't for us to hurt and uh the idea is to entertain people yeah. And the idea of what wrestling is has expanded beyond, you know, you got to punch me in the face and bruise me to make it look real because so-and-so is in the front row. Like, we don't need to do that anymore. Like, we can, at Hood Slam, like, pull out someone's fake heart or, like, have a little blood bag go off. And the re- crowds react the exact same, you know, without anyone having, you know, we're not we're not killing each other out there. And we're not trying to convince them we're killing each other. I'm trying to make everyone know that this is a show and we're going home happy and nobody's uh, life was ruined for your entertainment. You don't have to feel guilty about what am I supporting? Like, no, none of that at Hood Slam. So you're saying I can come. You're saying that I can come to the next Hood Slam is what you're trying to say, right, Sam? Oh, yeah. I'll put you on the guest list. Please do. Fantastic. Can you tell us what it is, speaking of which? It's August 4th. It's called You Up um we have to do these all the time so you know if you hate the name don't worry there's another one in two weeks but uh 
Gosh, there's a lot of tournaments. We've been doing a lot of turmoil at Hood Slam. There was, oh gosh, I kind of like started writing about the Book of Enoch and these angels. The Fallen came back. The Fallen Angels came back through a rip in time created by atomic bombs. Oh boy, I'm like falling in my chair as I'm saying this. I'm getting lower and lower. Um, we had a wrestler who's an evil scientist make a sentient atomic bomb who decided through free will that its purpose was to blow itself up. And this created a hole in reality that the fallen angels, as described in the Book of Enoch, <laughs> came back through and started killing our roster. Um, Killing and we me. fought them and we won. Like eight of us died, but like two of theirs and um, they surrendered. So now we're doing like tournaments. There's like a battle royal, a tournament. <laughs> Speaking of which, wait, before I forget, this is a recognized religion. Can you tell us about that again? How did you, how and why and how? Well, the Hood Slam is one project and the Church of Wrestling is something else I came up with during the pandemic. And it was because I couldn't do shows anymore. I was very isolated, but I still felt compelled to go to a wrestling ring and like just work out by myself. Um, and I realized when I was in the ring that like I was like, God, I just feel like it. I always something I've always said. I could go to any ring in the world. You could put me on the moon, but when I go into a wrestling ring, I'll be like, I know this. This is home to me. Mm-hmm. Like a spider to a web, I am to wrestling rings, or a fish to water. I guess would be less sinister sounding but um i just i like them i i belong in them the spider web is a more apt analogy because the ring vibrates and you could feel where things are if you're paying attention but um i was in a ring and i was just like this is my holy place like this is like how people must feel when they go to churches when they can go to a church anywhere and just like feel good i said oh god this is my religion like clearly like that's that's why it feels this way to me because wrestling has always been there for me and also i just i believe in there's a lot of church of wrestling like stuff that i explain to people one-on-one um i guess that's like the you know the church of scientology like hidden level i don't want to go into but on the short version of it i believe in stories and i believe stories are important i think that wrestling is such a human way of telling stories and you know, we're reliving things. It's communion. That's the part I was trying to struggle for to remember. It's communion. When I'm wrestling, me and my opponent and the referee and the commentators and the camera people and the fans, like we're all sharing one moment. We're all in this in this one thing together. And it's just, there's no second guessing. There's just pure thought in that. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, you're always kind of like, there's a voice in your head that's guiding yeah. you through your day. When I'm wrestling, there is none. It's a, what do they call it? It's like a form of meditation. You're ultimately present in that moment. And you're not wondering if you left the stove on or you're not wondering about if what you said earlier that day to the the teller at the grocery store was awkward. You're just living in that moment. And what's nice is you're actually sharing that with other people. I can definitely definitely can see that. I I mean, listen, it certainly does not make any less sense to me than any other religion. It's, you know, it's right up there with the rest of them, if that's good I mean, or bad news for you, I don't know. You don't have to eat anybody or drink their blood. Yeah, that's pretty, it's a huge yeah. win. It's no if you do, I mean, that's pretty rad and, like, pretty metal, so, like, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> you don't blame women in this religion for, for the ultimate downfall of man, which I think is 
uh, a strong start. Um, no, in fact, I think it's a goddess of wrestling. If that helps even more. I think that does. I think that that does. Let me ask you, uh, do you, speaking of goddesses, do you feel that the wrestling community uh, accepted you well, or have they, have you ever had any issues or have you, has it been just, you feel like you've been accepted as part of the community as any other wrestler would be? I mean, I'm really, really good and I run a successful show. So everyone has to be nice to me a little bit, like just because they want to be on a show or maybe they're afraid I might like say something mean about them on Twitter and a bunch of people would agree with me. So everyone's pretty nice as far as backstage um i think companies like at a major level one like i'm you know i'm like i've been like a unique trans woman among trans women even you know what i mean like uh, i have a deep voice and i haven't had any surgery and that's not like entirely unique to me but it is to things in like television or you yeah. know something you're trying to sell an action figure to of a target like that that would be new so and the other thing about those companies that like I've like made a living on my own doing this wrestling thing, and they're not going to give me so much money. They would be more than that as a starting salary. I wouldn't deserve it. But also, if they gave me less, I wouldn't listen to them or treat them respectfully. So, in that sense, maybe I'm not accepted in those levels. But for fans, most people are overwhelmingly supportive. I make a living off this. There's always going to be every day somebody commenting something on social media, but. There's so many more people that say nice things about me. I also get the sense that you wouldn't really give a fuck if they didn't say nice things about you. I mean, I'm going to be here wrestling anyway, and I, yeah, I probably wouldn't give a fuck, but I sure do like compliments. Like, I am a Leo. It is, <laughs> it is nice to... I do feed off them a little bit. I do consume them. And when people are thinking towards me, uh, that's kind of like that communion in wrestling. It's... <clears throat> I don't know. I, I accept thoughts and prayers to make a stronger sheik for everyone. <laughs> I guess the best way I can put it. <laughs> I think it's really cool that we've seen like this greater acceptance of, you know, mm -hmm. queer LGBTQ uh, individuals and characters like in wrestling. Like, you know, back in the day, again, there was these caricatures and there was almost a lot of the yucks and we don't want to see that. Like, Goldust yeah. again. So he was one of those characters that everyone was like, "Oh, I feel uncomfortable and I feel weird with Goldust." Yeah, um, like what? What? What is Goldust? Who is Goldust? And what's he doing? And what's the character? But now, like I think again, like an AEW show, all the wrestling show, there was, you know, there is an openly gay wrestler there, and yeah. there was like one of the female wrestlers was like hitting on him, and the crowd started chanting, "He's gay! He's gay! He's gay!" Like. In the best way possible, right? <laughs> not yes. in a way that, not in a way like twenty years ago, ten years ago, five years ago would have been like he's gay in like this terrible way. But you know, very supportive and very much like we've accepted you and you're one of us and we appreciate you as a wrestler. Yeah, it turns out a lot of the audience is actually not homophobic and you know would just be accepting of a gay wrestler. And then beyond that, a lot of yeah. the new audience is even more forward thinking and don't care. And on the independent level, like over the pandemic, it was the queer wrestlers that carried independent wrestling and kept it exciting. So a lot of the new audience that is going to shows locally is a queer audience that not just is okay with it, but came for it mm -hmm. is there for representation because it's bigger in indie wrestling than isn't a lot of other forms of media. Um, and yeah, now you will have a crowd of people saying he's gay in like a good way. 
not an offensive way. And just real quick, you mentioned Gold Dust. He's like Iron Sheik, where gay people are like kind of an icon, also like hella problematic. Like, don't claim him, but like stand for him. And like, it's just this weird thing where, like, oh, don't do that again. But like, also, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's hard to balance, but I think um, there's a correlation there too with misrepresentation or underrepresentation. Uh, anyone that speaks Farsi, I don't care what their character is on TV. I'm a fan of that character. Just immediately. <laughs> yeah. I will take it. I'm like, representation. Hours yeah. claimed. Yeah. Um, and Dude, I think it's the but, same thing with LGBTQ audience. I, I would love to get you on television for, for that reason alone. Um, it, 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 I understand what you're saying. It's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. I was talking to someone and we we're talking about like media depictions of Iranians in particular. And I said, this is how fucked up it is that the only good or the best, I should say, media depiction of an Iranian of any sort that's currently on TV or in, in movies is a vampire in the mockumentary show yes. The Shadows. Oh my god, I love it. I love this whenever it's live you're speaking Farsi. Like that was that was the first time. Like I'm just like flipping through a book and that plays. Yeah. And one of them speaks Farsi and go, wait, what, what, what? And I like sit up like a beacon went on. Yeah. And um oh, it made me so happy. Um when his horse was named Jahan. Novak, oh I think his name is like Javon Novak. He plays um, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, Nandor, Nandor the, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, another one, and I'm watching Legion. And hmm. if you ever seen it, it was like an FX TV show. It's really good, loosely based off the X Men character. And the Shadow King is in it. And the Shadow King speaks, you know, French, uh, English, Arab, Egyptian though in the comics, though, right? Yeah, he he's supposed to be, but and for some reason in this he speaks Farsi, and it makes me so happy whenever he speaks Farsi. And I'm like, claim him! Like he definitely took over someone's mind that was a baby and is kind of evil. But like, you know what? Ours now. That's all good. Part of it. Part of it. Um, That's great. Okay, listen, I have one more question for you. I was told by a fan to ask, and I'm probably going to regret this. What a thrussy is? Uh huh. Um, it's actually pronounced Thrissy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, well, Thrissy is a tag team I am in with Ali Catch and Effie, who are also uh, queer icons and just great wrestlers. And Ali Catch and Effie were teaming for a while before I came along as Bussy. Okay. Which is maybe a word you've heard. Um, no, I'm super lame, man. I feel like you can put it together. <laughs> wait, hold on. Um, give me, give me, wait, give me. A, okay. Okay. There's a there's the pussy in there. B yes. is for boys. Boys pussy. Yeah, or even just butt. Really depending. Um, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so they were bussy, and then I came along, and people just started calling us thrussy. Um, which I guess is a thruple of bussy. I, I've never really I questioned wish. it. I've also heard it's the throat. Um, <laughs> uh, and what's weird is bussy is definitely pronounced bussy, but thrussy is occasionally pronounced thrussy. Like it feels more natural. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you that. So that's what that is. It's me, Effie, and Alley Cat. Um, we are thrussy. Thrussy is. 
bountiful. <laughs> Thirsty is hot. <laughs> Thirsty is coming to a town. Thirsty has wrestled in multiple continents, multiple countries. Uh, we're we're a thing. We're all over. We're great. You you are. You guys are great, and it's yeah. super fun from what I've seen. I'm really excited to come see you. Thank you so much for for coming on. Thank you, High Priestess of the the Church of Wrestling, Dark Sheik. Oh, thank you. Really, uh, appreciate it. Please uh, tell us the where people can learn about Hood Slam and tell us some upcoming dates uh, for some Hood Slam events. Yeah, you can go to at Hood Slam um, like anything and you will see a list of our stuff, but August 4th and August 18th in Oakland, then like every two weeks pretty much also in Oakland. And then we're also in Arizona, which we are doing shows, I don't know, quarterly-ish. Um in Mesa at the Nile Theater, September 17th. Um, trying to do stuff in Portland, LA, do Vegas again. We just did that in May. So we're kind of all over the West all the time. It's a wild West and we are, we are the wild, you know, that's, that's our part in that. Um, it's a 21 and up event. Our shows stream live on fight TV or fight plus, but if you already have fight plus, it's free to watch us too. Um, and they also have like our back catalog for a while. But yeah, you could be anywhere in the world and watch it on your phone as it's happening, assuming our production guy is on the ball. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, ugh, whatever Twitter is now. Ugh. Yeah. But um, we're, Nobody we're excited around. about that anymore. Nobody like. I want to mention it. Yeah, that well, yeah. Cool. I'm very excited. I'm I'm definitely planning on attending. I'm very excited. I've been watching um your uh your videos and it's just high flying, exciting, just fun looking chaos in the most controlled and like uh really just sort of beautiful way. So I'm very excited to to come and check it out. Thank you. It is dangerous. Like watch out um you know yeah. we don't put anything between the wrestlers and the fans it's just there's a ring and you stand next to it so like yeah when people are coming off the balcony like look out don't don't stand don't stand there when they're coming off a balcony or jumping out of the ring or like um you know you i got covered in blood last show i know a bunch of fans behind me did too yeah. so um but it was like kool-aid this wasn't this was not staple blood this was okay <laughs> so just like you know it's just, just kool-aid blood it's okay Last question for you. You said you wanted to be a Ninja Turtle, right? Um, uh-huh. Solomon, let's let's take guesses as to which one she wanted to be. Can mm-hmm. you, uh, which which it was one in particular, right? Sure was. Okay, which which one do you think I'm, it was? I'm gonna guess Michelangelo. No, absolutely not. Absolutely, no? uh, Raphael. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> accurate. Knew it. And I'm not the okay. psychiatrist. Note it. Um, yeah, so hey, I'm a psychiatrist, not a psychic. Okay, come on, guys. It's a difference. It's a difference. Well, I come off as you know. I just talked about my party show and how much fun I have, but you know, there's, that's true. There's layers. There's no, layers. There, there, there is a little Michelangelo in there. Yeah, I could see that. That was that was reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so pizza. Where, where can people find you? Um, probably I'm you know I'm trying to move away from that that ex terrible website as well. Um, so I'm doing a lot more like on the TikTok, the Instagram, and then YouTube is where I'm really trying to put my effort into now. Mm-hmm. Um, the handle is the Kicks Shrink, like K I C K S, and then Shrink S H R I N K because I love sneakers and sometimes mental health stuff. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a really good show, really thoughtful, and I think they're really engaging and you engage with your guests really well. I, I really appreciate that. So thank, uh, you, thank, you. thank you for coming on. Thank you both. This is super fun. I learned a lot. Um, and this is uh, super entertaining for me. And, and I think our listeners learned a ton. Uh, thank you to Nadim for help with production. If you haven't already, uh, rate and review us at iTunes and follow me wherever you want. I, I don't care. I'm on all the dumb sites now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, whatever I, but uh, or just listen to the show just do that okay thank you guys so much this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns the opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.